Welcome to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Elizabeth. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome back to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. I know we've talked a lot about the delayed planting and the impacts of that this year, and today we're, we're still not done talking about it. The delayed planting across Ohio led to the inevitable scenario of many of you dealing with harvesting and trying to store high moisture grain. Drying high moisture grain can be very difficult, especially when some of these late planted crops weren't even able to reach physiological maturity. Another issue that's making this even more complex is when we're trying to dry this grain, getting accurate moisture readings with our moisture testers under those conditions is also very difficult. So if you tried to dry a lot of corn this fall, it's quite likely that you may have corn in a bin that is at a higher moisture than you anticipated when you put it in. And trying to manage wet corn in a bin can cause a lot of headaches. I know the main goal is gonna be to try to keep it from spoiling until spring and hopefully we can get that loaded out But I think one of the biggest concerns we have is that this high moisture corn, the large amount of fines that we may have in some of these bins, and the potential for spoiling can cause some serious safety concerns. And so we really want to to talk about that and try to keep everyone safe um, as we go through the holidays and then even through the winter. So today we've got Lisa Pfeiffer joining us. Welcome, Lisa. Hello. Could you give us a quick introduction of yourself? You've never been a guest before. Yes, um, I work with Ohio State University Extension and the Agricultural Safety and Health Program area. Uh, We have a team of four individuals in our program area, uh, and we work on main campus out of ag engineering, but I cover a large uh, portion of the state, all of the state, uh, delivering um, extension programming. Um, One of the areas that I focus on is grain safety, and also working to educate our first responders and how to respond to incidents like this. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today. And now, unfortunately, we've been hearing reports of grain bin entrapments across the Midwest. What are some of the scenarios to start off with that can lead to an entrapment? Well, because of our our weather conditions this year. We had, you know, a very late and wet planting season that left many fields with some disease and serious quality issues by the time we were rolling into harvest, um, which also created that later um, kind of calendar of planting and harvesting created a, a situation where it was hard to dry that corn. So um, it's coming out of the field much wetter, higher moisture, and the dry times um, are longer. So when that grain goes into the bin with higher moisture content, it can freeze or bind, causing the grain flow of in the bin to be affected. Um, also, any condensation that's happening during that grain storage process can create wet surfaces in the bin or on the dryer that allows Um, debris and dust and fines to accumulate and these variations in those conditions then can lead to your your bin becoming out of condition resulting in either bridged grain in the bin or the wall lining of the bin uh, to get accumulations on it that uh, harden Um, and that's when farmers find the need to enter the bin um, and then ultimately any type of entry into the bin opens up the possibility for uh, entrapment or engulfment. Yeah, that's such a scary scenario because 
you know, you're trying to load out grain and things aren't, aren't moving the way that you want it to and you're in a hurry. And so sometimes it seems like the quickest way to take care of that is to just hop in there and try to break some stuff up. Um, but things in that bin can happen so quickly, especially if, you know, there's bridged grain. So what are some things that should be done if fatment occurs? So first, can we back up a little bit and look at um, what can be done around the farm to prevent that engulfment? Um, it's really like kind of telling somebody who's just been in, a, in an emergency car action kind of scenario, like to tell the farmer that's already um, entrapped, like you need to stay calm, you need to get help. But we really don't want to go directly to that because at that point it's really hard to control what happens from there so we want to look at all the things that we can do kind of on the pre-planning side and the safety procedures we can put in place on our own farms to um, prevent these types of incidents from occurring and to ready response if they should happen so um, making sure that you have an entry process on your farm for entering the bins. If you absolutely must enter the bin, do you have protocols established about what kind of safety equipment you will utilize, who you will notify, things of that nature. So you wanna look at what types of aftermarket systems you can buy for fall protection to install a tie-off system, wear a harness in when you do enter. Um, you know, you get into that rush time of year and people just respond to what's happening in the grain storage facility and they don't um, think things through before they take those steps to enter. So if you're thinking about some of these and kind of pre-planning for them, it's easier to, to take the steps to, to keep that safety and ensure that you don't get engulfed or entrapped. So making sure that no one is ever working alone around grain, making sure that you set up a protocol to have a spotter when you enter the bin, um, someone that can see you while you're in the bin, wearing that tie-off system. Unfortunately, most of the bin companies don't put a tie-off system in bins when they build them because their fear is that the farmer will go down the road to the next bin company and buy something that's cheaper that didn't install that. So there are aftermarket options that will actually allow you to tie off properly and have the proper weight capacity that you can install to your entry um, of your bin so that you can be properly tied off and protect yourself from falling from heights, but then also protect yourself from continuing to travel with the grain once you're in that environment. Also, kind of walking through um, a system of if we ever have to go in the bin, if it gets to that, you know, no, the no entry policy is the best policy to have across the board. As a safety professional, that's what we preach, but it's really hard to get people who have done this and entered a bin successfully in the past to believe that they're at risk and that um, any danger is present. So really talking through with all of your employees and your family some safety protocols that you're going to make sure you have in place, that you're going to notify somebody, that you're going to take a, 
a cell phone with you, you're going to make sure it's charged, that you're going to have a lockout, tagout um, system in place where you are always de-energizing and locking out equipment for all your mechanical, electrical, pneumatic, hydraulic components that operate inside or around that storage and facility or confined spaces um, so that somebody doesn't enter and someone else comes along and actually turns that equipment back on and then you have you know flowing grain which causes you to um, sink through that uh, grain much quicker so those are some of the you know kinds of safety equipment that you can purchase some of the protocols you can have in place but then also going as far as to think about any first responders that are going to come to your site to actually rescue you what is the lay of the land at your farm? If somebody comes in who doesn't have a lot of experience on a first responder team, are they going to be able to find that facility? Are they going to be able to find those shutoffs? Are they going to know where you're at? If you, if you have your cell phone and you call 911 but nobody's with you, how are you going to ensure that they make it to you? So we encourage folks to invite their local fire department out to their facility um, and give them that exposure. You look for any power lines that might be obstacles to getting large fire trucks into your property. You can think about a bin labeling system. Make sure that you have your installer of your bin. Make sure that number is available somewhere so that if there are any technical aspects of how that bin um, can be taken apart or, or shut down, that you have a resource. Um, make sure that you're training your employees and family members. Lots of times the farmer um, is the only one that actually operates the equipment and knows the equipment and understands how to shut it down. So making sure that there isn't just one person that has that information. You know, Lisa, that's a great point. And I, whether I'm teaching safety with pesticides or whatever it might be, it's really hard, like you said, to get people who've done this successfully without incident to implement some of these safety precautions. But you really need to think about your family. If you're the main person on the farm who knows how everything operates, what's going to happen to that farm if something happens to you? Um, and also, if you're working with your kids, keeping in mind to set good examples for them because you obviously don't want anything to happen to them as well. So it's a kind of practice what you preach type scenario. Absolutely, absolutely. Having that safety culture first and foremost on the farm for everything really helps um, in these scenarios because you kind of have a plan mapped out and laid out for where people can go to get resources if an incident like this takes place on your farm. Yeah, I, I really like when you said that it's hard to get the culture around safety because most people have entered a bin and have come out completely fine. And I think it's important to remember that every person who has been involved in a grain entrapment has thought that this wasn't going to be the time that it was going to turn out poorly. Yes, that, that's very true. Nobody knows going in that they're going to be the one that ends up being victim to, to this. Yeah, and like so many farm accidents, when you look at the numbers, a lot of times it, it's children or very young adults. So setting that standard and setting that example is, is critically important, like Amanda said. 
Yes, because if you think about um, entering a bin, um, oftentimes you need the agility to do that. So many times it might be somebody who doesn't have as much life knowledge or experience. Um, so having those safety systems and safety products aligned to, to put that person in the safest scenario for entry if that has to happen is the best way uh, to approach it. Yeah, that's a great point because my first time in a bin was in there to shovel the grain and sweep it and I had no idea how the rest of the grain handling system worked or anything like that. So yeah, just taking extra caution when you're using kids um, to do work like that, I guess. Uh -huh. Yes. In teens, and 18, 20 years old even. If, if a youth is doing that kind of work, having a really good understanding of their um, maturity level with understanding for these types of things. Um, you know, that age bracket can kind of tend to have that invincible mindset of, you know, nothing can happen to me, nothing, you know, everything's good always. And so really setting that tone that there are things here that can happen that can hurt you. And not only just engulfment and entrapment, but you, you slip strips and falls at heights when you're on a bin or getting uh, entangled in, in a piece of equipment, not just getting engulfed in the grain, but getting entangled in equipment or having fires, knowing where you know the fire extinguisher is, all of these types of things can um, be wrapped in around grain storage. And when we have a wet season that creates grain that's out of condition and we're having more bin finds and dust um, and those types of things, it really you're looking at a lot of different scenarios that you need to kind of preactively or proactively think through in advance. Yeah, excellent. Because like you said, a lot of um, farmers are working on their own and the only ones familiar with the system. So I guess moving on, if an entrapment does occur, then what are the things that they need to think through then? So um, we advise uh, folks to make sure that they have a cell phone with them. Um, it'd be great to be know whether your cell service works in and around your storage system, for starters. Have that cell phone in a reachable place, um, and, and really, if, and this is just if you have to, absolutely have to work alone, um, but you should also, if that is the case, um, be notifying somebody ahead of time what kind of work you're going to be doing, what bin you're going to be in, how long you anticipate it to take so that if they don't hear from you, they know to get help. Um, but ideally, harness system first, no entry first, harness system next, and also then making sure that you have a spotter available. But then if you're in that situation where um, you are actually engulfed, just trying to keep that calm about you so that you can get help is the number one concern. Getting help to get, if equipment is running, getting that equipment shut down as quickly as you can because engulfment can happen in a matter of seconds. Yeah, I've heard too that you should try to cover um, your mouth and nose with your hands to, to try to keep that airspace around your face. Yes, ideally um, that that would be wonderful if you can think that quickly to do that, but because it happens in just a matter of seconds, I don't know um, 
whether that's a reality for people at that point. But yes, anything you can do if you have a cap or uh, pull your shirt up and wrap it up over your arms and place it in front of your face to create kind of a pocket or a void as much as you can in front of your airway and to keep you from getting um, that debris and corn or soybeans into your actual airway probably buy you some time. Probably not a lot, but probably buy you some time if you were completely engulfed. Yeah, I mean, things when you when you see the numbers of how quickly you go from just slightly entrapped to completely engulfed, it, those the numbers and how quickly that happens is mind blowing. Yeah. Um, so obviously, if this is to occur, one of your best chances for survival is going to be that when your first responders arrive, they know what to do and they know what to do quickly, and yeah. Your team has worked to help first responders in rural areas become better acclimated to what they should do. Can you talk some more about how you've done that? Yes, um, we um, work out of the Ag Engineering Department and uh, about five or six years ago, a capstone team of students um, were charged with the mission to build something that could be a mobile unit for training in this capacity. And what resulted was our um, grain cart and it is a joint partnership between the Ohio Fire Academy and OSU Extension and what it allows us to do is take this unit out into the communities and work with local fire departments to train them in how to rescue somebody should they become engulfed or entrapped in grain and on the unit it has a small sized bin a grain leg that was built specifically for the trailer that is much smaller than any grain leg that you'll see out in the field and then also a um, grain wagon and so it has many augers on it and that grain can be transferred back and forth to all those places but what it allows is it allows firefighters to actually get up on the unit a first responder can be engulfed in the grain and then they can go through the procedures to get that victim out. It is about three hours of classroom content first before they ever get on grain cart and start to go through those procedures and then an afternoon of going through rescue scenarios with trainers from the fire academy. We also like to partner that with outreach education on the preventative side so that we're training kind of to both sides of that equation what farmers can do to prevent um, ever being in that situation and then how the local community can respond if something happens. So one thing that you wanna know if you have a large storage facility or even a small storage facility is, has the local fire department been trained? What would be the department that would respond to your property should there be an engulfment or entrapment in a bin on your property? And does that local responding department have a grain rescue tube or not and if they do not have one how far is it to the nearest one and is that do they have a mutual aid agreement if something like this type of rescue would need, be needed that they can get that equipment to you i think another thing that i've seen is a lot of times when i've heard of local departments getting that training it's been through the part partnership and support of 
oftentimes a local insurance company. Many times, many times insurance companies will help support that. Farm bureaus will help support that. We've also had a number of FFA chapters from high schools decide that they wanted to raise funds to supply a grain rescue tube for a department. And so then they will do some kind of a fundraising event that ties into some kind of community education that results in the purchase of a grain tube and training for that local department. So it is a very community oriented process to kind of get this equipment to local communities and to have training in local communities. So with technology these days, it seems like there should be some type of device that someone entering the bin can wear, which when an entrapment occurs, it senses that and alerts family or first responders. Has there been anything developed? I know that there are some bin manufacturing companies that have worked on very large scale bins to look at systems that can be engineered that are similar to like an airbag system that would deploy to um, push the grain and move the grain away from the the walls of the bin so that it would make it such that it was a no entry facility, that there would now be no need for human entry. Those systems are, I think, are still kind of in those testing phases, but and even if they've gone beyond and they actually have them, and I'm not certain yet, um, I don't know that they're marketed to the end user farmer yet. Um, I imagine they're quite expensive. It's feasible that maybe something could come down the pipeline that would work as a beacon or something like that or an alert system, but I don't know that there's anything on the market currently um, for farmers to look at. But yes, I would think that technology and engineering could get us to a point where we didn't either have to have an entry by a human or that we could very well know exactly where that person is inside the bin. Yeah, I think with anything farming related, you know, you're talking about a small audience compared with the rest of the population. So there's that challenge there, but it's such a huge concern that it would be nice if uh, we could have a system like that. So if any engineers are listening um, or inventors, <laughs> there's an opportunity there, I think. Yeah, but, the, other, the other piece that goes with that is you think about the rural landscape and, and the um, even if you have that beacon, I mean, I, I wouldn't discourage anybody from designing some kind of system, but um, the response time to get to folks uh, in rural areas with equipment for rescue um, and all of those things too, as it, it creates an obstacle as well. Yeah, which is makes it even more important to have those walkthroughs and plans in place so they don't waste time um, trying to figure out what action needs to be taken. Exactly. I encourage folks also to um, have a good map of your property, you know, um, so that on that map you have your bins labeled so that if if you are notifying uh, first responders, you can tell them exactly what bin um, and that they know what they're up against coming into the property, where shutoffs are, and you can go out to Google and, and do a satellite image of your property and print that off and then mark things and create a legend, 
or you can just hand draw something simply. You know, it, it doesn't have to take a lot of time, um, but some of these really small steps uh, in the winter months when you, you have some downtime maybe in the house working at the office, um, you can print something like that off and, and be prepared to save time. <laughs> yeah. Great points. Um, so other than a uh, fall protection system that you mentioned, is are there any other um, more mechanical modifications that can be made? Not, not really for the entry. I mean, the safest thing is the fall protection system or, or not going into the bin at all. Making sure, like I said, lockout, tagout, it's really simple to go to the hardware store and buy about $5 worth of a lock and a key and a tag that says, um, do not turn on or something like that. Um, those are pretty, not very high tech types of things, but can be life-saving purchasing those types of things. When you're working in and around grain, especially in uh, the conditions of the grain this year, uh, N95 mask is also good so that you protect your respiratory conditions as well. Um, but really the life-saving is is having that uh, harness on so that you can't become engulfed in the grain. Also having a spotter, making sure that you can get help called quickly. Lisa, you've shared a ton of great information with us. Do you have some resources you could point folks to if they want to learn more about yeah. ag safety yeah. and in general? Yes, you can visit our, our website at agsafety.osu.edu, and we have many resources there. We have a newsletter called the AgStat, where we do have some articles on grain storage facility safety, um, how you prepare for engulfment. We also have resources there on how to contact us to book the grain cart for your local community so that your first responders can get that training or that we can come out and do extension programming specific to grain safety and grain safety handling. So that would be a great place for folks to go to find information. And they can also find us on both Facebook and Twitter as well. Excellent. So we know that managing wet or damaged grain is going to be an ongoing concern this winter and into the spring. OSU Extension is hosting a webinar that's going to feature information on managing stored grain and trying to keep it in condition um, until we're ready to move it out. That's going to be on December 20th, so a week from Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern. We have Dr. Ken Hellezang from North Dakota State University, and he's going to be speaking and answering questions. The webinar is free. We just need you to sign up and register at go.osu.edu slash stored grain. And another thing to note is Cargill and um, local businesses are sponsoring a screening of the movie Silo. I know Dark and Champaign Counties are both showing that movie for free and it's open to the public. It focuses on um, a rural town in the Midwest grain entrapment and other issues we see in the farming community. So we're still finalizing the details in those locations. Uh, you can reach out to Sam Custer over in Dark or myself or your Cargill rep for details on those screenings. And Lisa, you said there might be some other screenings going on as well. Yes, um, Dr. Jepson and I are currently in conversations with the uh, filmmaker and working to set up um, several locations across the state of Ohio so that we can get a broad viewing um, of this and 
maybe even bring the green cart out to give people a little bit of follow-up dialogue, a conversation about grain safety. Um, so we currently are talking to about nine different sites within smaller communities throughout the state where um, grain is a part of the fabric of the lives of folks in those areas and um, hoping that we can um, kind of create a different education environment for people to be able to sit down and watch this film and um, and learn from it at the same time, but then have a community dialogue around around that as well. That's awesome. Um, another opening documentary that I've come across is on grain entrapment is called In an Instant Buried Alive. And you can view the full episode on YouTube. So I'll put that link in the show notes as well. And that is where the guy survived. And he was entrapped for a couple hours, I think. And Lisa, you mentioned being able to provide an, a space around your face to breathe. And he had a shield over his face, um, like one you might use for mixing chemicals or something like that. And that's kind of what he attributes um, his survival too. Wow. Well, this has been a really heavy episode. Um, this is the episode that we're going to end 2019 on. We'll be taking a break, but we'll be back to uploading new episodes starting in January. So we want to wish all of you a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and we're going to see you in 2020, hoping that it's much better than this year. Thanks for having me on. Yep. Thanks, Lisa. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. Join us again in two weeks for our next episode.